Welcome into the Week 12 Waiver Wire Report. It's the Fantastic Insider Football Podcast. Dan Claskins back here with James Adams and getting you set for the week ahead here. It's Thanksgiving week, so happy Thanksgiving to all of you. We're so thankful for all of our loyal subscribers and listen listeners to the podcast and over at insiderfootball.com. If you're new to the podcast, you can, of course, subscribe wherever you listen, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, to name a few. And We've got a lot going on, a lot to get to, a big slate ahead. And uh, James, happy Thanksgiving to you, my friend. Hey, same to you, buddy. It's almost here. And uh, the beauty of Thanksgiving is, you know, as a guy who, well, Dan looks and was an offensive lineman, looks like one. It's like everything we love all in one. <laughs> we got plates full of food. If I get it in my beard, nobody cares because they're passing out on the couch watching football too. Three football games. I'm not going to call them three great games, but three football games. Uh, I'm pretty excited. Plus, this is just the type of year that, uh, you know, fantasy playoffs are heating up. The NFL playoffs are heating up. So this is just an awesome time of year pretty much across the board for uh, for me. So I'm pretty pumped, dude. Happy Thanksgiving. I know. To you I know. Yes. And it is my favorite holiday. I, I wish I'd get the Lions off of Thanksgiving. Hmm. Uh, and here's the thing. For fantasy people listening out there, you got to sort of separate your fantasy teams on this day. Don't let... Don't let your dude rolling a, you know, don't let DeAndre Swift laying a donut at noon rolling your time, right? I mean, James, I actually like what you do with your family. You guys have like your own little fantasy draft just for the day. Yeah. In fact, it's scheduled for tomorrow as we record this on a Tuesday. We're going to do it Wednesday. Um, one, we're going to go team quarterback, kicker, and defense. One running back, two receivers, two flexes. You're going to have an eight round draft. We're going to do it via text. So if I'm at the bar or wherever, wherever I end up at that, uh, tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, big party night, I'll still be able to do my draft. And it, it's fun. I mean, it's it's just an added little uh, bit of juice to the games because, yes, we have all our fantasy games, but do you have a whole lot of uh, Lions or, or Bears? Are you like, like are you relying on them for your fantasy No, but games? I'm a degenerate. Let's face it. I'll have showdown sure. slates on all three games. I, I do have I, – I, I got you know some buys this week, so I think I'm using Cole Komet in a few spots. I've – Pretty much everybody in the game. We'll we'll look at those matchups, but it's really that night game where I got some exposure, especially with Buffalo. Uh, you know, I've got a couple teams with Josh Allen in there, and uh, that would be fun. But no, the game sort of suck. And I had Amari Cooper. I just traded for him on Friday, like an hour before he, you know, he got the COVID call there. But there's a mess of stuff to get through on the injuries and all that. We'll dive into it, but. Uh, it's always a, my favorite holiday, good time of the year. There's not a lot of stress with it. You know, you get this, as you said, food, family, and football, my three mm-hmm. Fs. And uh, they all come together on that day. And really, it's just the whole weekend, right? I mean, you got college basketball tournaments going on right now, which I know you're not as big of a fan of. And uh, obviously, college football, there'll be some good games. Heck, that will be a good game on the Egg Bowl there on Thursday night if the uh, other one turns into a dud. And Certainly on Friday with some of those classic. I love rivalry weekend. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you listen to James and I on Saturdays this weekend, we have our guy John Lobb on to break down all those big college football rivalries. Because I'm not the biggest college football fan, but that is the best weekend of college football, I think, just to watch games and stuff. So, But we're not here to talk college football. We're here to talk NFL football. And before we're through, we're going to give you a few waiver wire picks. We'll take a look ahead. Not just Thanksgiving, but the whole slate. We've got our Thrive Fantasy Contest. And we'll talk about that here in a second and give you some props early. We like there. We'll run through what we know on the injuries. And James, uh, speaking of Thrive, we're thrilled to have them as a partner this year. $40,000 guaranteed contest again this week for week 12. 20 bucks in or first place takes home 10 grand. Also, be sure to check out the prop lobby. Get great multipliers on those two, three, and four 
player prop parlays. They're giving you a 100% instant deposit bonus match up to 100 bucks. When you sign up with Fantistics, James and I will look ahead to some of our picks there. And got a, got a few reasons to be thankful there, James. Made up a little ground on you last week. We'll talk about that in a bit. But uh, You better have. Yeah. It, well, I, it wasn't like I did great. It's just you did. Like, I was horrible. Yeah. you did. Well, that was me for the last month. So it was just my <laughs> turn, I think. But uh, either way, let's start by looking back a little bit. The week that was, James. And. As we put week 11 to rest, I mean, what are some of your key takeaways? Um, Again, and it's been the same story every week. It wasn't as much about who the MVP was, but the team that's running away with the AFC doesn't run away with it. Houston takes off Tennessee, which is beautiful for me because uh, uh, in the survivor pool that I'm in now, seven people are left. Nice. Four people uh, went out with Tennessee. So, But the biggest takeaway has to be the way it just continues to happen. And now, let's be honest. I mean, I think we would both say that Tennessee had giant holes without King Henry and you know Julio Jones being hurt. So the fact that they lose isn't shocking. It's just that after they beat the Rams, they beat the Bills, they beat the Chiefs, they lose to the Texans. But in division game, so that takeaway, I, I also my takeaway is that, boy, Cleveland, they are just a disaster. And the Bengals' loss to them looks almost as bad as the Jets' loss because Baker's hurt. That team's in shambles. And, I mean, right now Detroit, they're, what, five points away from having two wins in the last two weeks against some pretty poor teams in the AFC North. So that was a takeaway. Uh, there, you know, there's, there's, some, there's a lot of – the Philadelphia looks great. Look, they know how to run the football all of a sudden. Like, maybe we like Miles Sanders once again. We'll see once we get to the uh, lineup decisions later. But um, those are some takeaways for me. I'm sure there's more. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor. I mean, he was awesome. Five touchdowns. Looking like, I mean, not only is he just the number one player in fantasy right now, but, I mean, he's number one in dynasty. He's number one everywhere. Mm -hmm. Might be the MVP now. Austin Eckler, he had four touchdowns. Justin Jefferson, he had his big game. I, I put it out there on Twitter. I didn't see anybody respond. I was like, is there any of my followers actually going against a lineup that has Eckler and Taylor going against them? Because it could happen. I mean, you could have got those guys on the swing in some parts of the draft season, I guess. Our uh, boy David Leisure Suit has a KFFSC team with both of them. Does he? Well, uh, he doesn't follow he, me on Twitter. He sent, well, I don't think he's on Twitter. He sent me a screenshot of a 245 point score. I was like, wow. He, yeah, he's roster baiting for sure, as would all of us on that one. That's, yeah, he sent me the shot. He wanted me to join <laughs> oh, him. Uh, that's a little, oh, dude, now I just got the visual. I'm ruined for the rest of the podcast. I was trying to get through this without uh, going down any of those paths. But either way, either way, here we go. Uh, other thoughts. I mean, let's talk about a little Joe Mixon. I did mm-hmm. my my uh week 11 video recap on joe mixon james and here's the thing here's the thing about that i mean and rightfully so i mean everybody's talking about jt i mean he's a stud and and eckler had a big game but dude everybody was talking about joe mixon in the preseason but it wasn't good and i remember talking to you about it on the radio i was like this is a bunch of bs to me because he's getting drugged down to the back of round two in the final nffc adp Joe Mixon was 20th overall in the, the early September drafts. And the whole th- reason why is, yeah, he missed 10 games last year. He missed four games the previous three seasons. But for some reason, he's injury prone, and Dalvin Cook's going number two overall. Christian McCaffrey, too. Christian McCaffrey going number one overall. And what's Joe Mixon done? Uh, how about 10 touchdowns over his last seven games? He's averaging 107 total yards per game over his last five. And here's what I love about it. The Bengals offensive line is a lot better than most people gave him credit for. And you look at the Bengals right now, James, 
five of their next six games are at Paul Brown Stadium, and their only road game is in Denver. And what do we know about football teams as the weather turns cold in December? They like to pound the rock. Joe Mixon yeah. got 30 touches on Sunday against the Raiders. Now, that was game flow dependent. I don't expect that type of volume. But if he stays healthy, Joe Mixon, he already is right now, and he will end up being a top five fantasy running back this season. And uh, I, I, I wish I had him in more teams. I, I wish I did. I have him in a lot of best balls. Uh, I've only got him in two of my season longs, and I traded for him in one of them. Uh, but Joe Mixon... Showing you what he's capable of when he can put a complete season together. Yeah, and to be honest with you, I think it could only get better because their line still isn't great. They missed some blocks. Hey, I'm, not sitting here, I'm not sitting here telling you they're the greatest line, but compared to what we've seen, I mean, they're at least average right now. I would agree with that. Yeah, they're 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 certainly overperforming what the expectations were before the season. And look, they went out and got some players too, right? So they they're not the same line they were at the end of last year. But hey, that's a great call, Joe Mixon. I mean, I'm always uh, I just sat there and just sat back and enjoyed it while you talked about that, Dan. Because what about I'll be at the next two Bengals games. Hopefully, I'll be watching your boy Joe Mixon score touchdowns what, hand over fist. What about the Patriots right now? I mean, mm-hmm. how did I mean how did this happen? I mean, Bill Belichick has got that defense humming. The, the running game's looking strong. Mac Jones, I mean, he's doing enough. He's efficient. I know people in fantasy aren't, you know, they're a little disappointed here and there. And, you know, I started him last week and it cost me my spot in my $1,000 big payback league. But, yeah, you know, we won't get into that. But, James, the Patriots, I mean, if I was just being flat honest here, I mean, right now, I mean, they're already the division leaders there. And if they take care of business against Buffalo, they still got two contests ahead of them, including a Monday night game a week from now. If they if they win that division, uh, they might be my pick in the AFC. If I had to pick a team today to win to get to the Super Bowl, you ask how does it happen? Well, you mentioned the running game, right? Harris and Stevenson. I don't know if there's one that I'm going to tell you to play over the other right now because I think they're both going to get a lot of volume. I don't think they're going to ask Matt Jones, Mac Jones, to do a ton. Um, physically, they may ask them to do a ton mentally, right? Make sure that they get the ball moving in the right direction with the run game and distribute the football when it needs to be. But the defense that you pointed out too, that's the reason I decided to go with New England on the road at Survivor last week was because defense does travel. And I expected it. Look, we knew there was no Cordell Patterson. Calvin Ridley was out. So defense travels really well to a team that's depleted with their two best weapons on the sideline, of course. Well, two of the best three. My apologies to Kyle Pitts. But from there, I mean, keep in mind, last year the Patriots had several players that sat out. They opted out for uh, coronavirus when Tom Brady left, and things were certainly in a shamble. So some of those players are back in action now. This is a this is a Patriots team led by a Bill Belichick who you better believe he was motivated in the offseason to let everybody know that his, Tom Brady was great and he got his Super Bowl ring without Bill. You don't think Bill wants to get one immediately? And not that he didn't anyway, but that's what happened. The defense has rebounded. Belichick's a great defensive mind. And when you run the football the way they have been, it's easy enough. And right now, you know, the bills are shaking in their boots. They might not say it, but you know, it's true. Yeah. All right. So uh, there was so much that happened this week, but we got to turn the page to next week. We got news coming out, even as we bring you the podcast here on Tuesday evenings, as we do all season long. It will do uh, through the fantasy season here for you. So, uh, James, let's start with some more of just the, the news out here today, and then we'll dive into some of the injuries as we head towards next week. And, man, uh, it doesn't really come as a surprise after watching that Monday night game, but the big news today on the coaching front, 
Jason Garrett getting fired as the offensive coordinator with the Giants. Freddie Kitchens will take over, and what a debacle it was on Monday night. And he's been the coach now for you know almost three years there. You know we're in year two plus whatever we are now. They've never in his time as the offensive coordinator hit thirty points on the scoreboard, dude. And That's I know they've crazy. had their injuries, certainly with Saquon, and but when this team's healthy. And they had most of those pieces in place on Monday night. They should be able to put up more points in that. And they're so predictable. It's ridiculous. Watching the Manning broadcast, literally, it was like watching Eli watch that. It, it was You could just tell how painful it was for him to have to be on TV to watch that as like, you know, a lifelong giant guy. Would and, you believe I don't watch the Manning cast? I'm I I think Lewis Riddick is amazing. I I've I've tried it for like two minutes and couldn't handle it. I yeah. needed the standard broadcast, dude. I can't handle that. But I bet you that was interesting watching Eli watch his team and just be disgusted. Yeah, I mean, at, at the end of the day, uh, I think there's a lot more upside than this offense is showing. So it'll be interesting to see what Freddie Kitchens does, mm-hmm. calling the plays, what that means for Daniel Jones. I'd like to get your take though on what you saw from Saquon Barkley. And I know a lot of his owners probably hurting for the playoff lives now, but what's your expectations of him down the stretch? I think it gets better. Um, first of all, I'm excited to see different play calling. I mean, do you? Remember, there was at least two screen calls last night where Saquon was being tackled while he was catching the ball, where it was just painfully obvious that they were going screen. And I mean, I'm not going to lie. At one point at the end of the first half, I was hoping for that to happen. Um, my expectations are let's. he looked healthy, I thought. Um, they eased him back in, and it was against a very tough run defense that is uh, Tampa Bay, and you can say what you want about Via being out, but they still look pretty tough to me. So my expectations are that it gets better, but, I mean, the offense around him has to show something, and, it, and Daniel Jones didn't look great last night, and if that's all Jason Garrett, cool, but uh, we still got to see more. So uh, I don't, But I don't think Saquon's like a generational talent anymore. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, is he going to be – top three, top four fantasy pick next year? I don't think so. No, but I definitely think he's still an RB1 if he's healthy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's still pretty young. I mean, what is he? Is he, that, he ain't that old, is he? I could be wrong. Maybe he's 24. Yeah, I'm thinking he's younger than 26. I'll check on that. But uh, other news today, the Titans, they parted ways with Adrian Peterson. That didn't last long. And uh, they cut him. Dontrell Hillard got a lot of the action Last week, so it's him and Foreman, the Titans coming off that embarrassing loss. They've got a ton of injuries at receiver. Heck, they called Golden Tate in for a tryout today. Uh, Marcus Johnson, if you went and picked him up, think you're going to be savvy, you can go ahead and drop him. He's on IR like everybody else on the team. <laughs> A.J. Brown, uh, he's dinged up. I'm not clear about his status this week. We know Julio Jones is out for at least a few weeks. He might as well retire anyway. Uh, but then Saquon Barkley's 24, by the way. 24, yeah, I like that. Uh, so at the end of the day with Tennessee, James, I mean, here's a team. Yeah, they're the number one seed in the AFC right now, but man, are they hurting offensively? And from a fantasy perspective, AJ Brown, I know he let you down in that player prop we're going to get to in a little bit. He let me down in my player prop. I bet with real money and, uh, he's letting fantasy owners down all season. Now he's dinged up again. This Titans offense is a big, uh, avoid like the plague right now in fantasy football. Yeah, you know, it really uh, – it, it felt like this would be 
a time for Tannehill to take a step forward and the passing game to take a step forward. But you mentioned Julio banged up. And, you know, they had Josh Reynolds. Well, now he's he's not even on their team anymore. He couldn't work out there. That's curious, too, because Reynolds was a decent player for L.A. before he came over to Tennessee, and it didn't work out. Now they go get Golden Tate. I mean, you got to be quite honest. Dan, uh, Golden Tate's a guy who can catch the football. You you can act like he it's a it's a whatever move, but I mean if you're desperate for wide receiver, here's a guy who's probably going to find his way. Now I certainly wouldn't be turning to him against the Patriots this coming week, but um, it's it's troublesome that they flipped a switch. Like they were not a good defensive team, and they certainly weren't against Houston yesterday or, or Sunday. But they were like a, a team that gave up a ton of points but outscored you. And then they flipped a switch. Vrabel looked like coach of the year, and still might be. It's only one hiccup, but. I'm very curious to see what happens in this game against New England. It's much bigger game than I would have expected even three weeks ago. And now, frankly, I think New England's got to be the team you're looking at as the favorite in this game. And the big shakeup, Tennessee, I mean, everything was rolling along in the wins column, but they knew it wasn't perfect. It wasn't like they looked great week in, week out. Now they get the Patriots. I mean, it seems as if they're like, okay, let's just shake it all up and see what we can do against New England. I don't know. I hope it's not an overreact. And I think they made 13 moves today or mm. yesterday. Yeah, they've been busy. They've been busy. Yeah. They're trying to figure it out real quick there. Let's just catch you up on some other quick headlines. Uh, Buccaneers head coach Bruce Arian says Antonio Brown's making progress in his recovery from an ankle injury, so that's hopefully good news there. Jarrett Goff, will he start on Thursday on that big, thrilling matchup against the Bears? He's being called a game-time decision right now with the oblique injury, but it is looking like he's got a chance. We know Zach Wilson We'll be starting again for the Jets. Good thing he's back because both Joe Flacco and Mike White, Mike White, they've been put on the COVID list. So uh, Josh Johnson will back up Zach Wilson. Flacco didn't look bad, especially with Elijah Moore. We didn't get have time to get into him, but we'll talk about an ascending receiver there. And then uh, C.D. Lamb, he's got a concussion. He didn't practice on Tuesday. That's problematic. Uh, he's a real, real long shot, I think, to play in this matchup versus the Raiders. The Cowboys really need to look long-term there. And with Amari Cooper already on the COVID list, I mean, it's a whole lot of Michael Gallup, Cedric Wilson, and Dalton Schultz there. Mm. We did see Zeke Elliott get on the practice field Tuesday, a full participant, so that's good there. The Bears, they're going to start Allen Robinson. Justin Fields will miss the game with the uh, rib injury, so it's also going to be Andy Dalton. I, I said they're going to start Allen Robinson. I meant he remained sidelined. Andy Dalton's going to start there. In New Orleans, Allen Kamara. I'm hoping I could be thankful for him coming back on Thanksgiving night, but did remain sidelined during Tuesday's walkthrough. We'll see. And uh, joining him with a knee injury absent from uh, Tuesday's practice was Mark Ingram. So what? You thought Mark Ingram was the guy to have. Now they both got knee injuries. So Tony Jones Jr. becomes real appealing. We'll talk about him on the waiver wire. And James, uh, in the case of Camara, I mean, as somebody, I've got him in. I think four season long leagues right now. One of them, two of them are like like long term keepers, uh, including my DAV league. I keep telling you all my bad luck in. <laughs> and I can remember a couple years back uh, when he had the knee injury and he rushed back after one game and just wasn't himself down the stretch. So honestly, in both of the most of the leagues where I have Camara, I'm sort of already looking good in the playoffs. So I don't want him to necessarily. I wouldn't mind them seeing him sit one more week and. Um, and letting him have this full 10 days and maybe he comes back the following week because Kamara and the style player he is, uh, if you have an, uh, your MCL and your knee's not at a hundred percent, you're just not as effective. And, and that could have a long-term impact because I don't care if I lose a couple games in week 11 and week 12, if I'm able to still get to the playoffs, because the goal is to win in week 17. 
That's absolutely true. And I mean, let's, let's be real. Like the, the, what you hit on the head is the fact that you want him healthy and getting that 10 day break because they play Thursday night. I would say it's a tough matchup against the Bills, but that's all right because they could just throw the ball to Kamara. So is it? I mean, Jonathan well, Taylor is Superman. I realize that, but I mean, they scored five touchdowns. It was before then. I think uh, you would still have to you would still have to consider it a tough matchup. Especially, yeah, I do still consider it a pretty, tough matchup. Yeah. but they're they're going to be heated come Thursday night. But no, I'm with you. I think it'd be better off. And but you, may, if Ingram doesn't go too, it becomes very troubling. At least though, we get that one on Thursday night, right? So we don't Here's have to the figure it out the after Saints, the fact. Without Kamara, without Jameis Winston, I mean, this team was like had this great defense. And I mean, not that Jameis was this big fantasy commodity, but this team's a train wreck. They've lost three straight. That doesn't happen very often in Sean Payton's tenure. And guess what? I think it's about to be four straight on Thursday night. So So, uh, not looking good for New Orleans. And then you have to think about it. All right. Well, if Kamara is that dinged up, I mean, what's the rush if they're falling out of it? But in the, in the Mm -hmm. NFC, hardly anybody's falling out of it. That's the good thing you have going for you. (laughs) If you need him, it's an extra playoff spot. Philip Lindsay, he was waived by the Texans on Tuesday. So, uh, that is definitely, uh, interesting. There's some teams. I mean, Lindsay's not that great, but dude, I mean, look at Baltimore's backfield. You're telling me they couldn't use a Philip Lindsay in there. I mean, they had Tennessee. Lev, they had Lev Bell in there. Tennessee. You don't think they might be taking a look at Philip Lindsay? So, I don't know. I mean, maybe Philip Lindsay's like worth a grab on the waiver wire while you wait and see if you have a spot to stash. Uh, not to say that you know I'm getting my hopes up, but uh, I've seen crazier things happen. So, uh, outside of that, just real quick uh, to get wrap up some of these injuries here. Uh, I mentioned the Justin Fields, the other quarterback ones, and we'll, you know the. Lamar Jackson wasn't really an injury last week, James. He had that illness. That was a, really a surprise to me. Yeah. Uh, so he'll, he should be. You would imagine he'll be back. I mean, it wasn't even COVID. It was just an illness. Uh, you would expect him back for Sunday night's game against Cleveland. Um, Michael Carter, I talked about him being out two to three weeks. Aaron Jones, we'll be keeping our eyes on him with that MCL. Same with Cordero Patterson, his ankle. And, you know, Cordell Patterson, I mean, he really did go down to a game-time decision last Thursday. Like, And there were some beat writers I saw tweeting out there that they thought he looked pretty good. So I'm optimistic. Maybe we get him back this week. I don't know. And then, of course, Elijah Mitchell with that finger. he was. They talked him up like he was going to probably play last week. Maybe it was partly because they were going against Jacksonville. We saw Jeffrey Wilson get the carries. It didn't lead to production. So Debo Samuels and stuff. But, dude, uh, I would have to think that Mitchell, when healthy, is going to be the man at least the rest of this season. Because, I mean, Wilson is—I mean, Wilson's had a couple good games last year. I think people have like over over exaggerated what his fantasy value is. I think his value was yet was this week and this week only because they were playing Jacksonville, a team who, uh, again, it was Superman. But Jonathan Taylor had like a hundred yards in the first quarter against them the week before. So, um, but what about what Trey Sermon did in that game? I mean, I know this isn't like takeaways from the end of the week before, but as we talked about on the touches. Saturday show, he had ten touches. Yeah. And he had what seven carries for thirty-five yards or something? I'm, I know ten carries for thirty-two yards. No, he had the big twenty-three uh, yarder for the for the uh, for the catch. So I don't know. Hopefully, flashed a little bit. Yeah, it'll all be interesting to see how it unfolds. Uh, Marquise Brown, another one there, ruled out last week. And the Ravens. I mean, they're the. I like to say they're lucky, 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 lucky. I mean, I guess our guy Phil Backard and Ravens fans might call him resilient. But, I mean, how they won last week in the manner that which they won without Marquise Brown and Lamar Jackson is just mind-boggling. 
But, uh, you know, Brown, this is concerning because it's a thigh injury, right? And here's a guy that relies on that push-off and a separation, the speed he creates. So uh, we'll, we'll definitely keep our eyes on that. And Logan Thomas, will this guy ever get healthy? Because I stashed him in a couple leagues, and one of them is just on an IR spot. But it's like, come on, dude. He's been Even eligible. if he does, they ran the ball 40 times last week. I mean, again, I, I'll take him at tight end and, and tight at roulette, which he's, it is. Yeah, but week, if he, but. he's a John Bates played 85% of the snaps last week. I mean, if Thomas is in there, he's a tight end one. I mean, maybe yeah. he's like in the you know fringe top 12 guy, but I mean, he's something. You're correct. That's correct. I'd rather start him than Jarrett freaking Cook. Let's put it that way. Or you That's know, fair. Uh, some of these other scrubs that are out there starting in some of my leagues, but all right, let's hit the waiver wire. It's getting to be pretty slim pickings this week. And as uh, we're only going to touch on the waiver wire, really, a couple more weeks here as we gear up for the fantasy playoffs. Uh, but, James, in terms of you know what you're looking at, uh, I mean, last week I made a big plug for the Cam Newton, and I actually scooped him up and started him in two leagues at quarterback. That panned out. I don't know. I mean, Michael Gallup, I know he was in shallower leagues, probably still out there in some. So um, I would say the running back for me that I'm looking at in a few spots is, and he's available in a few leagues where I, I mean, what league you don't people need running backs, but Ty Johnson. Mm. Yeah, boy. Ty Johnson's an interesting name there because uh, Michael Carter, obviously a high ankle sprain. They're calling a low grade high ankle sprain, which is two to three weeks is what they're speculating. But I know Tevin Coleman's in the mix. Somebody, you know, the Michael P. Ryan might get a few carries. But Ty Johnson, especially in the passing down. The problem is Zach Wilson's coming back, and he wasn't really passing the running backs as much. But any other running backs that you want to discuss during the segment here? Well, maybe Trey Sermon because maybe he becomes the backup to Mitchell. Um, so he's one if he was cut. And by the way, Ty Johnson's the good play in PPR. If you're in a standard league, they play, I think, Houston this week. They have a good matchup where they could play with the lead. Could, possibly. I know it's the Jets. In that case, maybe Tevin Coleman in a standard league makes sense. Uh, what about Dontrell Hilliard? I mean, you talk about maybe Philip Lindsay landed with some places. Hilliard did land with somebody yeah. uh, in Tennessee. And he was decent enough. Maybe he was the guy that had seven out of thirty-seven for thirty-five. I know there was somebody that had a decent. And jump. don't forget about any of the handcuffs. I mean, I know we we can't hit Always. this enough, but I mean, clearly Alexander Madison. I mean, you know he's out there, or he's already scooped up maybe. But Samaje Pirine, Chuba Hubbard, uh, I think all those guys fit the bill. That Seattle situation. I know a lot of people thought Rashad Penny. Go, let's go grab him. Well, he hurt his hamstring on his first carry. He did, dude. DJ Dallas Cursed. comes in there. So DJ Dallas. Uh, maybe he's the handcuffed Alex Collins, but the way that team looks, do we even want a handcuff? Probably not. Matt Breida. I've had to use Devin Singletary in our dream league, like two straight weeks here. Matt Breida is out producing him. Out touched him. Yeah. I mean, not to say that that's surprising and maybe that's Buffalo's problem. They need to get back to running the football, but perhaps, uh, I'm not picking up Matt Breida. I don't want, I don't want to start any Buffalo running back at this point. No, you don't. No, you don't. Uh, so I don't know. I'm not really feeling great about it. I mean, you can go down the list of handcuffs if you want, but let's go over to some other positions here. Let's talk receiver. And, uh, I mean, Marquez Valdez Scantling. I mean, he's skank, but I mean, he is the wide receiver too there and in deeper leagues. I think he's worth a roster spot. Uh, but really James, not a lot out there receiver. I mean, there seems to be some stabs at running back, but I, I mean, I've desperate at receiver in some leagues and it's nothing. I guess you could look at the Titans receivers right now. Des Fitzpatrick and Nick Westbrook. It kind, uh, those guys are both, you know, one and two right now. I'm not going to turn to golden freaking Tate. That's for sure. 
but I don't really have any receivers on my list because there's just none in the leagues out there that are really popping to me. No, there really aren't. Uh, I mean, Russell Gage led Atlanta in targets last week. Good luck trusting that. I mean, you got to be desperate. And we, I mean, this is desperation time. Tim Patrick is fits the mold. Rondale Moore is on by, had 11 targets last week, but he's, I mean, he probably goes to the back burner. And you also don't know which week when they're all healthy, which week is his week to yeah. go. So, no, I mean, those are some names you can go after, but it's this, it's quarterback. I mean, I think Taylor Heineke. Uh, yeah, with Fitzy seemingly out for the year now, uh, I actually did pick up Heineke because I've got Jalen Hurts with a week 14 bye coming up. So I was just kind of like searching for somebody and, and I did land on Heineke. Yeah, I do think uh, defensive streamers this week. I mean, clearly uh, um, any team that ever plays against the Giants is appealing the way they turn over the ball and the Eagles have been surging. I'm pretty high on them this week. I like the Bears on Thanksgiving versus Detroit, especially if mm-hmm. Tim Boyle's back. And I know it sounds crazy to say, dude, but I'm I'm considering even the Texans putting it in the top 15 of my ranks this week. They're, they're higher than normal because the Jets and what that's look like. But the Texans, I mean, they've been playing with some attitude on defense these past couple games. I don't disagree with it. I mean, the Jets and Zach Wilson not look good. So I don't disagree with that. They don't have Carter. Um, I'm with you. It's it's not it's whoever's playing the Lions from a week to week basis, <laughs> with or without Jared Goff. And the Cleveland defense pickup did pay dividends for me last week. Yeah. So let's take a look ahead to this week number twelve, and uh, just two teams on by this week. Two good ones though: the Rams and the Cardinals. Uh, and uh, no, the Chiefs and the Cardinals. The Chiefs. I'm sorry, the Chiefs and the Cardinals. The Rams are coming off by. The Rams are coming off by. The Rams are coming off. I'm I'm blurring my bye weeks. It's the Chiefs okay. and the Cardinals. Two good ones. I knew it was two good teams. The che- and I'm, dude, I'm sitting here looking at Casey Arizona, uh, Arizona on my cheat sheet and just look, looking ahead of these lines. Uh, let's get into the Thursday games. Three of them on tap. As always, the Lions and the Cowboys are playing. And, you know, we kill all the other tradition in sports. I don't know why we can't kill this one. But uh, nonetheless, the Bears currently favored by three. The total's 41 and a half, minus 155 to the Bears, plus 135 to the Lions. I don't, we don't even know who's going to play in this game. I mean, there's still decisions at quarterback. We do know Andy Dalton starting there for the Bears. And Matt Nagy reportedly, you know, some reports out there today saying he's going to be fired after this game. He's declined those reports, but he's on the hot seat. The Bears, if they lose this game, he may very well be fired after the game. Of course, they never fired a coach during the season in like 100-plus years. But, dude, uh, that's a. I wish that game was in the mid-afternoon game. And then you could have the turkey early, sort of take a nap. The Raiders. Uh, are- that's a good. That's a good time for that game. That's when you're cooking. That's when you're like pretending you love your family. And then you settle in with a plate for the four o'clock game. And by the way, the real question about the one o'clock game, or the not the well, the twelve thirty, is could you could you conceivably go Chicago in a survivor pool pick? Go uh, against oh, the Lions. A lot of people will. A lot of people will. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not. I mean, I've heard people talking about it already. Some of my other buddies thinking about going that way. That's a good way to ruin Thanksgiving, though, right there. Especially if yeah. you're down to seven people playing for thousands of dollars, you know. I mean, it's... I'm I'm not taking the Bears, dog. I thought about it. I'm not the Raiders and the, the Cowboys and the o- uh, Oakland. Jeezel Pete's. I think that's the first time I've done that all year. Las that's Vegas. Okay. Las Vegas is looking pretty brutal lately, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, but the Cowboys are so dinged up. Laying seven and a half. I don't know if I love it. The total's fifty-one. I like the under there right now for sure with the way those offenses oh, stack up. I'm gonna have to get in on that tomorrow. Uh, 
so and then the Bills at the Saints, the nightcap, if you're still awake. Hopefully, like I said, I'd be real thankful for Alvin Kamara being back, but a, a part of me, I don't want him back. So, But it will make for a better game because if he's out, Ingram's out, and their offense has to stack up against this Bills team, it's in New Orleans. It will be the best game of the day, not a great game. But three games on Thursday means some light, uh, and two teams on a bye means some light action on Sunday. You got all the 1 o'clock games, the Falcons, the Jags, the Jets, the Texans, the Titans, the Patriots, Eagles, Giants, Bucks, and the Colts, and the one here in town, James, the Steelers and the Bengals. The Bengals currently favorite by four, the total at 45 and a half. It is the best game in that 1 o'clock slot, and so much on the line here in the AFC North. Maybe Bucks Colts is just as good though. I mean, it's not like Brady didn't have any rivalry with the Colts and yeah, the Bucks Colts. Col- need the this Bucks game. Colts is the headline game, but you know, what, what of those two games? I mean, what? How do you think they're going to go? Well, I'll be I'll be paying much more attention to the Bengals game. Uh, of course, I'll be at that one. I think the Bucks win that game, but I think the Colts make it a low scoring game. But but to the point, you build up the Bengals, and I'm certainly not going to step away from that because I'm very excited about this game. This is, I think, where the Bengals have a chance to exert themselves because the Steelers. I mean, the Bengals spanked them last time around. That was in Pittsburgh. The Steelers have won some games since then. They almost came back and won a pretty uh, thrilling Sunday Niner. So I think this is kind of a statement game for this era of the Bengals against the Steelers, who, say what you will, they were the division champs last year. So it may be Baltimore's division nowadays or somebody else's, but it really is a Steelers division when you look at who won it last year. So uh, what do I expect? Gosh, I expect it to be physical. Uh, You know, the Steelers are going to come in heated. I think they're going to try and be physical uh, to exact some revenge. I don't know. I think I like the under in that one. As much yeah. as the Bengals put up points, uh, Joe Burrow really hasn't looked as good as he did in Pittsburgh. Maybe the following week, even then, he didn't look that great Thursday night against Jacksonville until the second half. <laughs> Burrow has not looked great since that night. Yeah. I mean, he's had multiple touchdown passes in five of his last seven games. He did, but he was – did he look – he didn't do a whole lot for me against Vegas. Uh, he didn't He didn't make great decisions It's going to be interesting to see what Pittsburgh gets back on D, too. I mean, that was Correct. that was part of the problem on Sunday Night Football. Panthers at uh, Miami, the other 1 o'clock game. At three 4 o'clock games, Chargers at the Broncos, Vikings at the 49ers, and the Rams at the Packers. That should be a real good one. And the Packers coming off that loss. The Rams coming off the bye. Aaron Rodgers got the toe hurting him. He's got a few other things hurting him too, but uh, I don't know, James. I'm having a tough time. It's in Lambeau, which makes me think Packers, but I almost think the Rams come out of the bye with the extra time to prepare with a statement in this game. You would think, right? And you would think it's going to be hard to to move the football in that game, probably both ways, because uh, Stafford hasn't looked great. So I would, I'm inclined to think Packers, but here's the deal. Are they going to have Aaron Jones? My expectation would be no, and they shouldn't necessarily need him. Dylan could be able to move the pile himself. But, yeah, I mean, if you look at what will Jones play, because initially, I mean, we talked about this on the weekend too, it sure looked like he wasn't going to play the rest of the year, and then the report was one to three weeks, could be back this week. Uh, I think they're bye weeks next week, yeah. I believe. So it wouldn't make sense to bring him back, but that'll be interesting. And that Aaron would certainly Jones, have a lot Aaron to do Jones with the game. Will really help out there healthy. And uh, the, the Rams in Sean McVay's time, three and one following a bye week. So not that that's a big sample size, but something to consider indeed. As good as that game is and the two one o'clock games we highlighted, man, you've got some duds for primetime affairs again this week. I think uh, the Browns Ravens. 
Not not the dud that the Monday night game is. I'm, I'm looking at the Seahawks in prime time again. This is so frustrating because they're so boring to watch. But the Browns-Ravens, I mean, obviously as AFC North teams and us as Bengal fans will be dialed in. But, I mean, this is not a game that's going to have a lot of offense all likelihood. The total sitting right at the same exact total as the Bengals-Steelers, which is 45 and a half. I don't see how Cleveland keeps up with Baltimore in Baltimore myself. The, the Ravens minus four. If they have uh, Lamar and Marquise Brown back, I'd like them to cover that. I think they just need Lamar. Lamar with Andrews and Bateman, I think, is enough because Cleveland's offense is putrid right now. I mean, Kareem Hunt's they, coming back, though. And, and they'll have Chubb. But you know what? How many times can you run the football? Because Dearness Johnson has been good. So even if Kareem Hunt comes in and is good, what better is well, he Baker than what Dearness Johnson is doing? I mean, they're, they're putting duct tape around him right now. I mean, that's the problem. Pull the plug, man. Let the guy rest and br- let's just see Case Keenum get it on with. I, I don't understand. Uh, but either way, uh, that's the Sunday night game. Monday night, the Washington football team hosting Seattle. And James, explain this to me. I mean, it's back now. The Washington's minus one. It opened Washington, the dog. But they're in Washington, and Seattle's only a one-point dog. I mean, I get the football team's dinged up. No Chase Young. The offense has been brutal. But, dude, Seattle, they scored a touchdown in the game late in the game on Sunday. It was their first touchdown since Halloween. The only thing I can guess is the thought, and you remember, I mean, I was anti, uh, I was certainly anti DK, DK and the, the boys this week. I, the only thing I can guess is the expectation is, okay, now we've actually gotten to the end of that Russ Wilson injury window, right? The four to six weeks. So he came back a little early. Now these two weeks he's played, hasn't been dinged up that we know of. So now we're at the end of the window where maybe the grip strength and the passing accuracy comes back and all of a sudden the, the expectation – this is just a guess on where the numbers started. Like this isn't really what my expect, expectation of the game is, but maybe that's why the numbers started the way it did. Do you think Russell Wilson is sort of done as a Seahawk? I mean, is he going to be in a different uniform next year? Seems to be the chatter, but you never know. I mean – I think a better question is Pete Carroll done as the head coach. If Russ Wilson's gone, you would think they'd just break it up and start all over. Because, I mean, Pete Carroll is – what is he? He's in his late I 60s, right? I don't even know, dude. He's old. Yeah. So unlike Belichick, who, who can be in his late 60s and say, hey, I've earned the right to go out on my own terms, Pete Carroll really hasn't. I mean, he won one Super Bowl. He blew another one by calling that atrocious uh, pass play. I mean, I don't think that he's earned the right to stick around. I think if Russ is gone, he's gone. Yeah. All right, let's turn it over to Thrive Fantasy and make our player prop picks here for week number 12. And remember, we told you about it earlier in the show, Thrive Fantasy, a $40,000 guaranteed contest, 20 bucks to enter. First place takes home 10 Gs. Plus, you got to have a lot of fun in that prop lobby. Get great multipliers on two, three, and four player prop parlays. The best part is they're giving 100% instant deposit bonus match up to 100 bucks. When you sign up with that promo code Fantastics, James and I have been going head-to-head since week one, and he's kicked my butt most of the season, let's be honest. But I did win last week, so I will take the bragging rights here, James. And quick recap of that. You went big over, buddy. Uh, you did hit your ice pick, but unfortunately, you didn't have any of your other guys go down, so it didn't count. You had over 75.5 total yards on David Montgomery. He had 67, so not too far off. Over a half a receiving touchdown on A.J. Brown. We know how that ended. And over three and a half pass, three hundred and five and a half passing yards on Patrick Mahomes, who ended up with two sixty. And that game was just a dud on both sides. No kidding. I missed big on Jamar Chase. I went for those hundred and twenty points and over eighty five and a half receiving yards. He only had thirty two receiving yards, but did have a big touchdown. So we'll give him that. 
Lamar Jackson, didn't get to see him play. So I had to go to my ice pick, which worked to my advantage. Najee Harris, I had under one and a half total touchdowns for 65 points. Wasn't a lot of points, and he did get one rushing touchdown, but I was just trying to get points on the board in a week where you get a goose egg. That counts. Mm -hmm. And my ice pick, George Kittle, under six and a half receptions for 85 points. He had four catches, giving me a total of 150 for the week, which takes me to 965. You still got 1,030, so I'm still down 65 points, but I get to pick first this week from the week 12 big prize contest. And, uh, you know, I got some picks I've identified here. I'm trying to figure out which one I like the best. And lately you've been sort of like sniping me on these things. Game theory, baby. Yeah. So like, if I don't go after the one I want, it seems like it's the one you want. So I'm a little torn here. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with your dude right out of the gate here. I'm going to take me Cooper cups touchdown for over 90 points against the Packers. I mean, I can get behind it. He's, I mean, he's, he's, just, he's been amazing. He's Mr. Everything. He's Mr. He Everything. Is. It's only 90 points. So it's, you can tell it's sort of like favored. Uh, but yeah, I'll take Cooper Chup. I'll take, I don't like going the anytime touchdown right out of the gate, but I'll, I'll take it here and I'll, I'll put Cooper Cup on the board. I'm going to go with uh, little Joseph Burrow. I'm going to try to get myself 110 points. Dude, I'm not going to go with it. I was going to go with That's one of my other ones on my list. But I was like, dude, you were just talking the under down. Joe Burrow's look like crap. You, you totally set me up for that. He can look bad and still throw two touchdowns, oh. though, right? I mean, that's the real deal. He can look bad and still throw two I touchdowns. I see this and, poker game you're playing. And, and when I say he's looked bad, I just mean as far as the expectation of being the savior of the franchise, not like I'm at all upset with the way he's been playing. Let me get that straight. Uh, I got to go over one and a half total touchdowns. I know the Steelers uh, aren't exactly the team they used to be where it was like you can't run the ball on them at the beginning of the year, but you have to throw. So potentially Joe Mixon gets the work in. Maybe it's a it's a passing catch uh, or a passing touchdown for Joe Mixon, a receiving touchdown, I should say. But in either way, Joe Burrow over one and a half total tutties. That is so funny, dude. That's like the <laughs> third week in a row. My top two picks, the one I don't like, you took. It's just hilarious. And I, and I only went. I was I had it written first, but I said oh, I'll save it because he doesn't like Burrow. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. All right. Uh, I'll move on to my third pick on the list then. And I'm going to take the same game, James. Deontay Johnson. He's good, but he's not that good. Eight and a half catches is too much. I'm going to go under. It's only 85 points, but I just, I mean, I don't see him getting the nine catches. I don't mind that whatsoever. Don't mind that whatsoever. Uh, I'm going to stick with receiver. I'm going to go to Mike Evans. I'm going to go to the prop right above you. 65.5 total receiving yards. This one will be in Indianapolis, inside, where it should be easier to throw. Obviously, Josh Allen and friends didn't get the ball moving in the air in Buffalo against Indianapolis, but it's the way you move the ball on them throughout the year. I thought about going with the quarterback here, but I'm going to take Mike Evans, and I will go over 65.5 total receiving yards. That's a good one. That is a good one. You know what? I'm going to look down the list a little bit, try to score some points here, and it's still, a, a, I'm still going to go with the favorite, but I like Debo Samuel, five and a half catches here versus Minnesota. Hopefully they get Elijah Mitchell back so he doesn't have to play running back all game and go back to catching some balls. I'm a little bitter about my receiving yard prop last week, but uh, yeah, Debo over 95 yards is my pick three. Interesting. I thought about taking the under actually, because he's been utilized so much as a runner, Um and they do, and when they when they win, they don't throw the ball very much. Oh, that makes me want to go. I guess I'm just going to go back to Tom Brady here, and I'll just ride it with Mike Evans. 
295.5 total passing yards. I'm going to take Tom Brady over for 95 points. Tom Brady has not looked great, really, in three weeks. Let's face it, he didn't look great on Monday night, quite frankly. But the Giants were so bad that he was able to get it done anyway. But I will take a, a bit of a shootout in the indoor game, Tampa Bay at Indy. So I'll go over 295.5 total passing yards for the GOAT. My ice pick will be Aaron Rodgers on the under. As we said, I think it's going to be a little bit of defense in this game. Uh, 285 and a half yards. I've got him projected for about 15 yards under that on my early projection here. So I'm, I'm going to go under 95 points on Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Okay. That's a, uh, that is interesting. You know what? I'm just going to be easy on my ice pick. I'm going to do what you've done. I'll do the under on the 1.5 total touchdowns. That's rushing and receiving for Nick Chubb. I'll do the under. He doesn't score two under for 65 points is a safe ice pick. Yep. Yeah. Hopefully you don't need it, but, uh, should be fun week. So there you have that. You can get in the action too. Just check out thrive fantasy. Use the promo code. Fantastics. James, hope you have a good Turkey day. Uh, we'll be on the rare Saturdays as always after things for some Thanksgiving leftover conversation. And, uh, it should be a fun, fun day of, uh, food family and football my friend so enjoy yours we hope everybody enjoys theirs for all of us here at fantastics happy thanksgiving we'll catch you next time right here on the insiderfootball.com and fantastics insider football podcast